You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 21 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Good to speak to you again. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I had a very pleasant um, weekend. Um, I took in the uh, Welton Rovers against Cheddar game. Okay. Which um, was uh, I know we're going to be talking about. I know we're going to be talking about that later mm-hmm. uh, on this week's podcast. But um, lovely to catch up with so many great people at Welton Rovers, and um, yeah, thoroughly entertaining afternoon out. And the best thing, of course, about Welton Rovers, other than the excellent hospitality, is that they've got a little children's play park oh. just behind one of the goals. So I was able to allow oh, my yeah, girls. To free range across the old equipment there, uh, while I got to take in the uh, the game. Not quite as simple as that, but at least I did. It did mean I get to watch a little bit of football. Anyway, this week's edition of the podcast is very much focused on celebrating our side's excellent um, progress in the FA Vars, and that's really where we're going to kick off our coverage. We are, of course, looking at the fixtures on Saturday, the 11th of January, and there were three. FA Vars ties, um, of course, including none other than five of our sides, which, of course, meant that two of those um, fourth round matches were all Western League affairs. Now, we've lamented this, haven't we, in the past, Tom, but um, I, I think, well, we'll look at the draw um, for the next round of the Vars um, a little bit a little bit later. But um, all in all, it wasn't a bad uh, it wasn't a bad result for the Western League on Saturday. No, definitely not. I mean, obviously, Parkway with the the one side going up against the non-Western uh, League side, and they they progressed, which is which is good to see. And then yeah, the other two games were were pretty entertaining as well. So um, yeah, obviously three teams through, and as 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 you mentioned, we'll find out how they how they uh, how they get on in today's draw uh, once we've been through the matches. So we'll kick off with the biggest attendance in the Vars. It was at Bitten, and the visitors were the first division's very own Warminster Town, and it would be fair to say that Bitten didn't have things their own way. No, absolutely not. Um, I think we'd obviously, uh, yeah, well, everyone looking at this game uh, would have known Warminster have, have come through some tough ties, and and they wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a pushover, and that's how it proved. They led at the break. First division side putting the putting the scares uh, in uh, in Bitten, uh, leading as I say by a goal at the at the, at the interval. Uh, but it was Bitten who eventually uh, moved on to the third, uh, the, ooh, the fifth round, sorry, uh, with a 3-1 win. Um, yeah, Warminster leading, uh, but Bitten uh, three goals in the final 20 minutes. So, yeah, I think late heartbreak for, for Warminster, really. Uh, Joe McLennan bringing them level with a, with a really good finish. Uh, and then it was Josh Egan uh, pretty soon after uh, to complete the turnaround in, in Bitten's favour. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously, Warminster uh, doing everything they can to, to get back on level terms. Uh, but, uh, yeah, at the other end, uh, Harrison Kite managed to, to get a breakaway one-on-one with the keeper, and he, he slotted it home uh, to make it 3-1, and it's Bitten who move on to the, the fifth round. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast Dan Langdon, the manager of Bitten. Of course, Bitten were one of our sides in uh, FA VAR's action at the weekend albeit that they had to take on familiar opposition in the form of Warminster Town. Um, and Warminster didn't make it easy for you, did they, Dan? Certainly not, Ian. No, they were uh, tough opponents, um, to be honest, and they made us really work for the win. But a really good side, uh, really well organised, and a great support off the pitch as well. 
So um, it wasn't an easy day for us, but I suppose we just had that that little bit, um, I suppose, of, of quality that just shone through in the last sort of ten fifteen minutes. But yeah, certainly we had to uh, we had to work for the win. We've lamented on the podcast the fact that so many Western League sides have had to face each other in this competition, and in a way, it was a you know it was a cruel turn of fate that Warminster went out. Uh, at your hands but I suppose conversely it is a great advertisement for our first division that we've got strong sides like Warminster I mean their league form I know is a bit of an enigma for their own fans but you you could see on Saturday why their cup form had been so formidable this season yeah uh, definitely Um, to be totally honest with you I would say it was a a game of two halves Um, and the first half you probably would have thought that Warminster were the the side that were um, the league above to be totally honest with you, and I said they were, I think both sides were a real credit to the Western League. But yeah, I said it was probably a game of two halves, and we just probably had a little bit more experience to, in our players that, that got us through it. Now I know um, you're from our last interview. You, you you know you're still very committed to doing well in the league this season. But this FA Vars run that you're on um, is it a welcome distraction because you are going rather well in this competition. Yeah, definitely. Um, I probably have to swallow my words a little bit now because uh, since our last interview, the, our league forms probably got even worse. To be honest, so we have to accept the fact the league is probably gone. Uh, well, it is gone. It's a source race, I think, with Plymouth and Bradford. But the FA Vaz is is massive now, and it's, it's kept our season alive. Um, more importantly, so it's uh, something we want to try and go all the way, really. Well, you've got to wait until February the 8th now, but you have got that home tie. It's against Sutton Common Rovers. Will you try and have them watched um, b- b- between now and then? Um, absolutely. Um, to be honest with you, we've already got that um, arranged. Um, myself and Rob Sage, my assistant, as soon as the draw was made, we were straight on it. And uh, we've actually got somebody going to watch two of their games before we play them. That could be relevant, the information we get. I said cut football's different and their league form's not great, to be honest. Um, so they'll probably be resting players and having one eye on the bars themselves. So, But yeah, we will definitely have a watch for uh, uh, a bit of info for our players. Well, Plymouth Parkway are a testament to what can be achieved away from home. But do you think when you get to this stage in a competition like the FA Vars, getting those home ties are absolutely invaluable for, you know, m- maybe those little bits of luck, the little bit, the little things that you know about your pitch that, that the opposition don't know. Do you think that could make all the difference on the day? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, with the greatest respect to our groundsmen, um, our pitch isn't in the best condition at the moment with the weather we've had. We've played a lot of home games recently. Obviously, the pitch has got quite a slope on it, and we've sort of adapted a way to play on that pitch and, and deal with those conditions. They actually play on a 4G. They share the pitch with Saturday United, so we're hoping the, the sort of wet, bobbly grass might might come in our favour. So I imagine that the, the that your tea hut's going to be well stocked with pies on <laughs> on February the eighth. It certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. I mean, um, on the evening that we're talking, you were due to be in action against Brislington. You mentioned the weather just then, and it, you know, it doesn't show any signs of abating, does it? So I suppose one positive, if there is such a thing with these postponements, is that hopefully your side will be well rested between now and the, the next round of the Vars. Yeah, 
there's that. Um, but on the, on the flip side, we've got players that have been out with injuries, and so we are desperate as well for some players to get some much needed minutes um, in preparation for that match. So there's always swings and roundabouts, and always a flip side to it. But uh, yeah, and I think in the, in the greater sense of it, a, a rest will be good. Yeah, time will tell. Well, you mentioned before that the, the FA Vars run has helped to keep your season alive, but of course that's not the only cup competition that you're in. Um, you're still in the Les Phillips Cup, but you've got the um, um, no small task of travelling midweek to um, to Bradford Town, um, and uh, that's not going to be easy for you, is it? No, it's certainly not. Um, another side that are having a, a great season. So, again, for them, I suppose the only vantage point I'd look at is Perhaps they'll have one eye on the on the league um, and also one eye on the FA Vars themselves. You know, I mean, the, the title's well within their reach, so hopefully we might get a little bit of luck where they might not take their foot off the gas, but, you know, I say sort of not prioritise the Les Phillips Cup, so fingers crossed on that one. I, I mean, I know in this course of this interview you've lamented your recent league form, but if, if, if Western League watchers have seen anything in recent seasons, it's that Bitten have been a team for the big game. And really, that Bradford away has got bit, the big game written all over it, isn't it? So, I mean, I don't think you're going to have any trouble getting your boys up for that one. No. Um, so, in fairness to the players, they, they're well motivated for every game. And the games we've lost this season has not been through lack of effort from the boys or commitment. It's just been, I suppose it's the word I use is don't always get a rub of the green. As mentioned before, our season's been start-stop, so we've had a lack of um, consistency, really, on that sense. But we'll certainly be up for that game against Bradford. I mean, one final word um, will be for your supporters. I know on Saturday, for the visit of Warminster Town, perhaps a, 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 arguably a, a tie that the fans might have stayed away from because of you know familiar opposition you had a fantastic turnout didn't you and um, I'm sure you'll be looking for more of the same for the rest of the season yeah absolutely and um, I said that a little bit of support um, I don't think supporters realise really uh, more appreciate how important they are sometimes so uh, if we can keep those gates coming in and, and getting support behind us then uh, it really does help the boys well, I know you'd like that support there every week, but um, when we think about that FA Vars tie on February the 8th, um, the way that the geography has worked out for this one I think really suits the Western League, doesn't it? With Plymouth commanding the support, I'm sure, of the southwest peninsula of England, we've got Bradford Town and uh, the support that they'll get from the county of uh, Wiltshire. And really, you are now Bristol's team, aren't you? So, I mean, it's an opportunity, really, for all of those teams. You're in a very congested area when it comes to football clubs but it really would be wonderful to see those sides get behind you. Absolutely. We've got a lot of uh, competition in our area, but I know for one, if, if, if there was another Bristol side in the competition and we were out, then they would certainly get my full support to, to go all the way. Dan, thank you ever so much for taking the time to speak for the to speak to the podcast. Um, congratulations um, to you for your victory. Commiserations, of course, to Warminster Town and Andy Crabtree. But we very much look forward to uh, seeing you progress in this competition. Many thanks, Ian. And the other all uh, tall station league tie was between Buckland Athletic and Bradford Town. Another three figure crowd here, one hundred and seventy four, and. Well, uh, we we did talk about this, of course, on on last week's podcast because I thought this was going to be an absolute belter because um, Buckland were, you know, they're not they're not going they're, they're no pushovers, but um, well, to the victors the spoils and the victors came from Wiltshire. 
They did, uh, and it was yeah, as you say, Bradford, um, and it was a yeah another tight affair, two-one win, win for them uh, away at Buckland, um, scoring the only uh, in, well the all-important goal about half an hour from time. So Buckland had their chances, um, but uh, unfortunately it was it was for them it was Bradford who progressed, and it was Bradford who who went ahead in this one, 15 minutes in, uh, Dean Griffiths heading home a Jamie Lyons corner. Uh, but Buckland managed to, to get back on level terms and it was Nathan Cooper scoring their goal um, and that was just after half-time, so setting it up perfectly. And it was Bradford who managed to, to, to claim that all-important third goal. Uh, Gary Higdon uh, usually does the scoring this time, providing the goal, uh, crossing for, for Charlie Madison, who finished well, uh, made it 2-1 and, as I say, Bradford held out and uh, move on to the, the fifth round. And finally, in the uh, the FA bars, we talked about it right at the beginning of this piece, Plymouth Parkway. They were the only Western League side not to go up against Western League opposition. Of course, they were drawn away, as they have been in every round of this competition so far. And why not a lovely little trip from Plymouth to Suffolk? Um, but um, I think they probably had quite a good time on the way home, don't you, Tom? I would imagine that was the case. Uh, yeah, sneaking a 1-0 win, but that was all important. As you say, they've had a couple of tough tough trip so far in this competition uh, and this was another one not a not an easy victory for them obviously used to used to scoring a fair few so to sneak past uh, their uh, their opponents by one goal to nil they'll be they'll be over the moon with that one and again it was um yeah uh, just like Higdon it's Adam Carter uh, having a prolific season for, for for Parkway and he produced the 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 assist for this one good play down the right from him uh, he crossed the ball and it was Mikey Williams also having a a pretty pretty decent season in front of goal and he managed to slot the ball home uh, it was about 20 minutes from time that one went in uh, and uh, Parkway held out and move on to the, the next round the next round is exactly where we'll pick this story up because the draw um, happened on Monday the 13th of January it was at 1 o'clock um, on TalkSport 2 so um, just in case there is anybody listening to this who doesn't know who mm-hmm. our sides have got Tom um, can you take us through the uh, the fixtures Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we'll be over the moon there. Three home ties. Bradford Town versus Leighton Town. Uh, that was the second second set of matches uh, pulled out. And then got Plymouth Park where they've got a home game. Uh, they take on West Auckland Town. Uh, and then finally Bitten. Uh, they're also at home and they take on Sutton Common Rovers. So, uh, yeah, three games, three home games. I think we'll be, be very happy with that and obviously keeping them apart, which was probably the, the biggest hope. Yeah, absolutely. So starting off with um, Bitten's opponents, Sutton Common Rovers, um, they are 11th at the moment in um, the uh, Combined Counties Football League Premier Division. Uh, they have played um, 18 matches and uh, uh, they have won 10 of those and lost six of them. So um, certainly they can be beaten. So looking at Bradford's opponents, Leighton Town, again, they're also in 11th. Another mid-table side, they've played 18 games, they've won nine and they've lost um, seven. But what I heard earlier today was Tony Incenzo, of course, anybody who loves non-league football knows who Tony Incenzo is. He's a fantastic broadcaster and a great supporter of the non-league game. He said that Plymouth Parkway against West Auckland Town was the tie of the round. Well, given that the other two opponents of Western League opposition are 11th in their respective divisions, one would assume that West Auckland are as well. They're not. They're 10th. They've played 23 games. They've won 10 and they've lost seven. Now, all of our sides, of course, are at home. We're not saying... 
we're not taking anything for granted. That would be the most foolish thing you could possibly do in football. But it really is looking like a really healthy draw for the Western League sides and we'll keep everything crossed. Uh, but I suppose the best thing, Tom, is that they avoided each other. Yeah, I think that was the biggest hope going into the draw. Um, obviously, we've yeah lamented the fact that they have been... Um, quite a lot of our teams have been knocked out by fellow Western League sides when you'd you'd fancy them having a crack at some of the other teams around. Um, so to get yeah three home games, three different uh, three different matches, uh, not playing each other, yeah, I think that'll be a, a it's a good result for the league. I think. Excellent. Well, it's where the it's to the league that we now progress because um, we'll look at the Premier Division games that took place on Saturday, the 11th of January, and we kick off in Bridgewater. Now, before I let you tell us what happened in this game, we have to say that if we were celebrating the attendances in the Vars, we really have to take everything off, put it on again and take it off again for Bridgewater Town. Mm-hmm. They took on um, Somerset rival Shepton Mallet and three... 102 people saw this game, Tom. Yeah, this was um, one of the biggest uh, attendances of the season. Nearly, nearly, well, competing with some of those uh, ground top uh, uh, matches, which obviously are attended by uh, those from far and wide. So, uh, yeah, really amazing effort from Bridgewater uh, to get the get the crowd in. But unfortunately for them, uh, it was a home defeat. Shepton Mallet uh, claiming a sixth win from their last seven in the league. So they are they're going great guns at the moment, Mallet. Uh, and it was uh, they had to come from behind in this one. Bridgewater going ahead. Uh, David O'Hare scoring after 20 minutes. Um, that's well for a Bridgewater side who, who themselves two wins on the bounce, looking for a looking for a third. Uh, but it wasn't to be. As I say, Mallet coming back into it. Uh, they're full of confidence, obviously. Uh, Nathan Legg scoring his first for the club after being slipped in by Craig Loxon. He, that was the that was the leveller. Uh, and then yeah, they kept the pressure up. Pretty soon after, uh, Asa White managed to drive the ball um, into the box uh, and it fell to Daryl Charman, who managed to scramble the ball home uh, from pretty close range to complete turnaround. And uh, yeah, Mallet holding on for a 2-1 win away at Bridgewater. A town called Mallet. They're up to fourth in the mm, Premier Division. They are. So fantastic um, for the Somerset side there. Now then, Chipping Sudbury Town, they took on um, Lowly Wellington. Now, do you remember, Tom, when Chipping Sudbury Town were bottom of the Premier mm. Division? Because they're not anymore. They're six points away from that position now and another very good win for the South Gloucestershire side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, suffering a heavy defeat last week as well. Uh, so a good, good rebound from, from the sods. Um, starting, the game, starting the day in the bottom three. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, very much uh, not the case come, come, come about five o'clock. A 3-1 win uh, against Wellington, uh, who had uh, the away side led for most of the game. In fact, Harry Hamblin... Uh, giving them a 23rd-minute lead uh, to put Wellington uh, in control. Uh, but then with less than a quarter of the game remaining, um, Chipping Sobbery managed to, to produce an excellent last 20 minutes, really. Uh, Luke Burnham getting the first goal uh, to level things uh, from, from long range. Uh, and then it was Jack Moore pretty pretty soon after, a couple of minutes later, uh, turning the game on its head, uh, putting Chipping Sobbery 2-1 up. Uh, and then, yeah, Jack Parker adding a third in the, in, in the closing stages. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, another win. And three home wins on the bounce, I think. So uh, home comfort's definitely going uh, going some way to, to helping Chipping Sobbery at the moment. Well, of course, we saw this coming, didn't we, on the podcast, because we had the Chipping Sobbery manager on, and he was very much optimistic that they would start climbing the table, and he's been true to his word. They're up to 18th in the Premier Division, so um, um, well done them. And our final Premier Division game for this week's podcast t- uh, sees Cribs take on Street, and it was another very good win for the Somerset side. 
Yeah, really good win. Uh, a 4-2 victory away at Cribs. Um, yeah, get, getting a bit of re- uh, revenge uh, for a defeat they suffered uh, earlier against the, the same opponents this season. So, uh, yeah, two goals to one in either half uh, in Street's favour, funnily enough. Uh, Callum Thompson, obviously, uh, yeah, had a good uh, midweek. He scored a scored a winner uh, for them in the league, uh, and he scored again twice on the weekend to to help Street claim this 4-2 win. And there was also goals from Cameron Andrews and Ollie Hebbard. Uh, so yeah, uh, another win for Street and another, uh, incredibly, a, a third consecutive 4-2 defeat for Cribs. So uh, they're they're definitely getting the goals, uh, that that um, but are letting in a couple couple too many at the wrong end. So uh, yeah, they'll they'll try and turn that round, I'm sure. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At Toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Neil Bailey, the manager of Almondsbury. Um, Neil, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us uh, on uh, on the podcast. Now, the last time I spoke to you, it was the season before you moved into the Hellenic League. So can I ask you, are you glad to be back? Very glad to be back, yes. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a total shock to everyone um, involved at the club when we moved across the Hellenic League. So, yeah, delighted to be back um, in, in the tall station where, in the Western League, where we, we belong, you know, 17 years in that league. Um, yeah, we should, we should never have been moved um, sideways. I mean, from from your from the response you've just given, then it would suggest that you didn't know a great deal about the lateral movement, well, when you found out about it. No, like I said, it was a complete shock to everyone. Um we had we had no idea it was coming. Um, no notification from the FA um, to say that this this was a possibility. And it, it all happened very quickly, in all honesty. Um, and obviously, we went through the the appeal process. Um, we were unsuccessful. Yeah, it was a it was a year spent playing Hellenic football. Just out of interest, then, what it, what effect would you say that that had on the club? Because we know that. The, the, the potential lateral movement of um, of Chipping Sodbury um, has hampered them this season. But the fact that you're, I'm still, you know, I'm talking to you now, the fact that you obviously stayed, hopefully that meant that that, that was able to sort of mitigate in, in some respect the, the disruption that was caused by that movement. You know, a lot of decisions had to be made um, from a club perspective, but also, you know, myself, my own position at the club. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate that I managed to keep um, all of the all of the players together, um, and, and that was the risk. When when we when we were notified of, of the, the lateral movement, there was always an associated risk that players would would either not fancy it or would want to move on and, and play tall station football or not, or not play at all. Um, we managed to keep the squad of players we had together, which was which was good, and obviously that it then become an easy decision to to stick with it, um, although it wasn't where we wanted to be. Um, bringing this back to uh, to Toolstation Western League football, is the Toolstation First Division um, this season that you're playing in harder than the First Division of the of the of the league when you uh, when you left it? Uh, you know, I, I think I think the standards um, are around the same level. Um, all, all I will say is I don't really think we've got sort of runaway leaders, whereas. Um, uh, in that first season in in the division, 
you know, you look at the likes of Kenshin, Cheddar, um, they, they were pulling away, if you like, that table. Whereas I don't really think at this stage in the season we have a, they're, they're, there's not a runaway pack. It's very tight. It's a tight vision. Now, I saw you in your draw uh, at Devizes, and um, I mean, it'd be fair to say they've not had the best of seasons themselves, but I thought you did well to battle back um, and get a point from that game. Were you happy with the performance? Uh, no, I wasn't. I mean, we, we uh, and it's not an excuse um, at, at all, but we, we had players missing that day, um, which made it difficult for us. Um, so we had to, I had to make a lot of changes, but... It was a, it was a game of, of two halves for us. The first half we didn't we didn't turn up as simple as that, and the second half was a much improved performance. Uh, you know we managed to get the equaliser, um, and I, I felt we did enough. We we could have won the game um, with the chances that we had. So overall, no for me, um, it was two points dropped, and I told the players that after the game. Well, in recent weeks, you've had a narrow defeat against Wells and you had a draw away at high-flying Radstock. So certainly the signs have been good for you. But, um, I mean, since you've come back into the league, 17th in the table, is that a fair reflection on how you think you've you've um, started this season? I think at this stage of the season, league tables don't, don't lie. Um, but I think certainly we haven't really had the, the consistency week on week. Um, if we can find that in, in, in the running now, then I'm confident and I know the players are confident we can shoot up that table, but we have to start finding consistency week in, week out. It's as simple as that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right, you know, we had, a, we had a great point away at Ramsock. We, we lost to Wales 1-0, we played well, um, but it's, it's finding consistency. and I don't think we found that level yet. I mean, it's been obviously inconsistent times for the club, as we've just been talking about with the with the movement in and out of the of the Western League. When you came back in this season, um, what were your expectations? Were you just interested to sort of see what you came up against, or did you have a target of what you thought the squad could achieve? Yeah, I think obviously as a manager, you have a, a target, and you in your mind, you you know the collective the players collectively what they can bring and, and where you, you can finish up. Um, so. Yeah, of course you do. But for, for us, I'm not going to say it was it was sort of a, it was going to be new to us because we we've been there previously. So I sort of knew what to expect. I knew I knew the teams. I knew the travelling. I knew the grains. Fortunately, for us we've managed to keep the players together again. So for a lot of the players now, we're, we're in our third season together. So um, yeah, as as a manager, you, you definitely you set the bar, so to speak, of where what levels you want to be at and where you think you can you can finish. Uh, now, you've got two tricky fixtures coming up. You've got Cheddar and Wincanton both away, and you'll certainly have to be at the races to get something out of those games. Yeah, most definitely. You know, Cheddar um, is, is going to be a tough one Saturday away. Um, they're off the back of a, a heavy defeat last, last weekend to Welton, so we know that's going to be difficult. And then, obviously, we're on the road Tuesday night away to Wincanton. Um which also, you know, it's going to be a going to be a, a tough fixture. So yeah, we have to, we have to be at the races in both of those games, and I think where we are at the moment, we, it's, it's vital that we pick up points in both those games. Neil, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the to Western League podcast. I can honestly say it's great to have you back, um, and um, well, all the best of luck for the rest of the season. 
Now, moving on to the First Division, and we kick things off with the Bishops of Lydiard taking on league leaders Longwell Green Sports, but um, this did not go according to the form book, Tom. No, no, it didn't. Um, then it was, uh, yeah, last gasp equaliser, uh, preserving uh, Longwell Green's position at the top of the table. Uh, they were, well, stirring down the barrel of a defeat. 2-0 uh, down at the break, Ryan Andrews and, and Jason Quick both scoring. Uh, during the during the first half uh, for the lids, uh, putting them ahead, and uh, yeah, they they came very close to adding adding further goals after the break. Longwell Green's keeper, uh, given man of the match, kept them at, kept them at bay, and it, it proved proved vital in the end. Um, second half goals uh, from Sam Crum and also Luke Bryan, both in the final 25 minutes. Second of those coming coming five minutes from time, managed to to salvage a salvage a point for for Longwell Green and uh, showing the resolve that they'll probably need if they're gonna. Uh, sustain a, a sustain a promotion push, um, and without yeah without the late equaliser they would have gone off the top spot. So uh, uh, an important point for Longwell Green, but a good performance from Lydia who will be yeah disappointed they couldn't hold on for all three. Well, of course the side that they could well have ended up losing out top spot to would have been Carn Town, and Carn took advantage of Longwell Green's um, slip-up by recording their own win. They were away at Oldland Abertonians, and the Wiltshire side winning in emphatic style. Tom. Yeah, pretty pretty comfortable uh, afternoon for Carl. Uh, two goals up uh, within 11 minutes. So, uh, yeah, putting themselves in a, a very strong position from the off. Uh, Stuart Windsor and Shamal, Jamal Chevalot, uh, both uh, yeah, both both finding the back of the net. And, uh, yeah, Chevalot again, smashing home a second in, in the early stages of the second half uh, to make it 3-0, and that was how it stayed. Yeah, and uh, as you say, uh, Carl, the only team uh, in the top half to have, to have won on the weekend. Lots of draws and uh, obviously... Couple of sides slipping up, um, so Carl, the only team in the top 11 uh, to have gained three points. So quite a quite a good afternoon for them. What a stat! Mm, there we go. Um, that's that's what you're here for. <laughs> um, uh, finally, the game that I was at in the first division, Welton Rovers against Cheddar. It was the Somerset derby that I said could go against the form book on last week's podcast. And do you know what, Tom? I was absolutely right. Yeah, you were bang on, and uh, yeah, pretty. Pretty rampant uh, Welton win. Uh, a 4-0 victory over, over Cheddar. A uh, five-match winless run comes to an end for the Green Army. So a really good afternoon uh, all round for them. Uh, Liam Evans put in the mare uh, on the half hour. Uh, and then, yeah, had, as I say, I did three goals after after the interval. Uh, Tom Laitman scoring for the second game in a row. Both uh, both games he started, he scored in. So a, a pretty good start for him. Uh, and then further goals from Harry Barter and Mickey Parsons uh, in the final 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, capping an excellent afternoon for Welton. A 4-0 win over Cheddar. Now, that Liam Evans goal that really got things going mm-hmm. uh, was an absolute beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he I, I, I was unfortunately the, the wrong end of the ground because I was in the play park with <laughs> my kids. Um, but I did see the ball come out to him and he stroked it and it sort of, it was a beautiful placed um, finished um, into the goal. And that really got things going because it wasn't the greatest of days in Somerset. It was a bit dow. It was very grey. Um, and um, you know, I think you know, like the, like the other 72 people at West Clues on Saturday, I did start to ask ask why I was there because it was that miserable. <laughs> Fortunately, Welton Rovers obviously didn't feel the same way, and um, they really did show up. It was a very good performance, um, considering you know that the, uh, that the 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 Somerset side find themselves well at the moment. Of course, now they find themselves in 14th, but you know it's not been a vintage season by any stretch of the imagination. But I thought it was a great performance. I really did. Um, they they withstood a lot of Cheddar pressure, 
and they 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 took their chances pretty much always when they were presented so i think it was one of those games that you know the 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 the, the green army faithful were really pleased with the performance um that they were served up it was a game when i did wonder cheddar could still be there now and perhaps not have found the back of the net you know it wasn't their day on that occasion but but welton really did play very very well and now of course they've given themselves the challenge of following that up because it was a good performance very well organized you know everybody they defended very well and as i say they went forward with real purpose so i was really impressed and really pleased with what i saw and you know i, I can't speak highly enough of the wonderful people at welton rovers and it was great to catch up with so many old friends so i certainly had a lovely day and so did they perhaps i should bring my daughters to west clues a little bit more often they might be winning the league <laughs> anyway um now we will uh, move forward to the upcoming fixtures uh, obviously we've got a fair few games in the midweek but as is our normal form we we tend to look forward to the saturday and on this occasion it's saturday the 18th of january tom which team which um, which matches um, caught your eye in the premier division for the Premier Division, I've gone for a, a, a top six battle. Uh, we've got Hallen, uh, three wins on the spin for them. They're up in fifth, uh, and they host the Cleveland side, uh, who are sixth. Uh, had a couple of postponements, I think, recently, Cleveland, so they've not played for a little while. Uh, and uh, they lost the uh, the reverse fixture 4-2 earlier this season, so maybe a little bit of uh, revenge for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Hallen, a good, good run of form going at the moment, and uh, another home game for them, so they'll fancy their chance against Cleveland. Now, there's there's a number of good games I would say on uh, on on Saturday, which um, which makes it a little bit difficult to sort of find where the value is. Buckland Athletic against Bridgewater Town is where I'm going um, because um, I think Buckland at home, you know, they're going to be really fired up by getting knocked out of the bars. They're at home. Bridgewater, of course, have just lost at home um, to Shepton Mallet, so um, I'm sure they'll be wanting. Um, to put that right. So I think that'd be a very competitive game. But, you know, equally, I could have gone for Street, who we know are in good form. And the visitors there are Shepton Mallet. I mean, that's a Somerset derby. And um, Shepton, of course, as we know, are a real prospect away from home, uh, you know, as indeed they are from home. So um, plenty of games, plenty of value to be had in the Premier Division on Saturday. Uh, we'll move on now to the First Division. And what, what, what fixtures caught your eye here then, Tom? I've gone for uh, Sherbourne, uh, up in fifth. Uh, strong recent home record for them. Uh, and they've got a, a home clash with Hengrove, who've now won four from five. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit early to, to say Hengrove, uh, yeah, um, you know, looking looking much higher up the division. But they've uh, really, yeah, really hit a good patch over the new year. And uh, this is a good test for them, obviously. Sherborne having a, a really good season uh, and a, a trip for, for an informed Hengrove uh, to, to take on the Zebras. Now, I am going to go for a Wiltshire derby because you know I love those. It's Devizes Absolutely. Town against Corsham Town. Devizes had a fantastic result away at Ashton Backwell. Ashton Backwell a third at the moment, and then Devizes held them to a draw on Saturday. So um, Nigel Tripp appears to be working his magic already. Um, Devizes are at home, and uh, Caution are the visitors. And of course, we know that although Caution have been going better in recent weeks, um, they've had a bit of a funny old season really, and um, this could be one of their potential banana skins. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that that will be a good game. I won't be there because I have family duties to attend to. <laughs> it is my father's birthday. It is his 80th birthday, and um, I shall be um, celebrating that with him. So I will not be watching Western League football at the weekend. But a, a little there, a little name check to Robert Knockholds there, um, who um, has been known to listen to the podcast. So happy birthday, Dad. 
anyway, that's that's my responsibilities um, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> dispatched. Before we move on to the goal scorers, which Tom's going to uh, run us through, um, something that caught my eye during um, during the week was um, obviously people who regularly listen to the podcast know that I'm a big fan of social media and I love to keep abreast of what's being discussed and the um, you know the, the the news on social media. And recently, I've I've come across a chap who's um, who's been who's been tweeting and he's been being retweeted by clubs um a chap called well his 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 twitter name is as footy review and um yeah he's um, he's been getting a fair bit of attention uh, in particular from Hallen bitten and bradford town um at the time at the time we uh, we do this podcast i think probably his um interest will grow somewhat in in recent weeks um, but um, the the guy's name is Andy Stone, or Stoner as he's known um, to his friends, and um, he's the man behind the account. But he's undertaken an initiative um, to raise some money for a, a charity um, called Cystic Fibrosis Comfort Fund, which is a small Bristol-based charity which aims to help those who suffer from cystic fibrosis in their daily lives and, and enhance the quality of their life. Now, Andy has produced some rather fetching T-shirts and he's selling them at £10 a time. And the money that he's raising from this um, is uh, being passed on to that charity. Now, what what ties this back to Western League football is that a a fair few of our sides, particularly Hallen, Bitten and Bradford, as I mentioned before, have um, have decided that these these T-shirts would make rather good warm-up shirts. So they've ordered a job lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, what came up as quite, I think, a modest initiative has actually now taken on some wings and is flying. Well, anyway, with that in mind, I thought it was um, quite important that um, Tom and I had uh, one of these T-shirts. So I've got you a T-shirt, Tom. Thank you uh, so much. Well, that's my pleasure. That's why I asked <laughs> you what size you were ah. over the weekend when I texted you that. You might think I was being a bit weird. That makes sense now. <laughs> that makes that makes sense that's great so we, yeah we've got one and perhaps next time we get together to do one of our um, podcasts sort of um you know uh, live if you like then um, we, we, we might well put them on because it's a great initiative it's a wonderful organic fundraising thing because i don't think um andy ever set out really to capture and um, the imagination of the football community particularly um in the way that he has so the fact that he's done it i think hats off to him and please have a look for for andy on twitter as footy underscore review is the handle and you can order a t-shirt as i say tom and i have um, um we, we're going to get ours in the next couple of weeks so um I'll, i think it's a great initiative and mm. and uh, well worth supporting anyway with that in mind tom um do you want to take us through the league's leading goal scorers can do yeah absolutely so uh, in the premier division uh, league goals only. Adam Carter still still leading the way by a pretty good, pretty good margin. The Plymouth Parkway front man, uh, 26 league goals so far this season. A <clears throat> uh, little bit of a new name uh, sneaking up into second. We've got Exmouth Jordan Harris. He's had a good, good spell in front of goal, so he's up to 16 league goals. Uh, Shepton's Jack Fillingham uh, on 15, and then Leighton Thomas of Street uh, on 14. So that's your Premier Division. Uh, in the First Division, uh, we've now got uh, joint leaders. We've got James Rustle, who's been on top of the top of the tree for quite a while uh, and he's got 18 uh, and he's been joined by Wales City's Harry Foster uh, who also has got 18 uh, so yeah good good uh, good good strong seasons from both of them uh, Shirt Windsor of Cowan on 13 and uh, Sherborne's Alex Murphy he's scored quite a few recently he's on 12 uh, and then in all competitions 
Uh, Jack Crago still leading the way for Tavistock, 28 goals. Uh, Carter on 26, uh, Rustle 23, and Foster as well, 23. So, yeah, uh, those four having um, brilliant seasons in front of goal and uh, still quite a way to go. So I'm sure there'll be, be plenty of change among the, among the runners and riders in those, uh, those, those chases. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you, as always, for your excellent bulletin, Pleasure. which, of course, we've been reviewing uh, on this week's podcast. And for those, just in case there is anybody left on the mm-hmm. planet who doesn't know where they can find your bulletin, uh, could you please enlighten them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is on the uh, Toolstation Western League website. There's a there's a tab along the top, uh, which takes to the most recent uh, publication, uh, and then yeah, it's also about halfway down the homepage uh, where you can download it as a as a PDF and a word word document, and that comes out Saturday night, Sunday Sunday morning, um, recapping and and looking forward as well. So yeah, there's plenty plenty of nuggets in there for you, and uh, yeah, that's uh, out every week. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. Congratulations again to all of those Western League sides that have made it through to the fifth round of that competition in the uh, in the FA Vars. Um, that was, um, you know, it was a fantastic achievement and we really look forward to keep that running for as long as we possibly can. But from Tom and myself, this has been another Tool Station Western League